Tonight we want to look at uh, St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, and uh, reading the first six verses. That is St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, and uh, beginning with verse 1. Shall we all stand as we honor God by the reading of his word? It says here in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, and verse 1. Then he called his, his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Every time we need authority over the devil and diseases, it's right now. Every time that we need deliverance, it is right now. The power of sin, the power of these sinners who are behind some of these diseases, whether in God's grace could take care of them. People of God need to rise up. Claim the authority that God has given to us. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither stars, nor script, bread, money, neither have two coats apiece. Whatsoever house ye enter in, there abide, and thence depart, or depart whenever you're ready. And whosoever will not receive you, when ye go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet, for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns and preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Father in heaven, we thank you for the mandate that you have given to us. Lord, that we will take your mandate seriously. Even as we take the mandates of governments seriously, oh God, that will take your mandate even more seriously. Father and God, we ask your blessings upon Shiloh and upon every member of this church. And how we pray that everyone will get active and seek to win the lost, for there are many souls to be won. God, there are many lives to be healed. Lots of diseases, curable and such like. Pandemic. And, oh God, please deliver us from these evils. Lord God, may you bless the preaching of your word tonight. That each heart and life would be touched and that we will be obedient. And whatever is sent to us, we shall do it gladly. These mercies we ask to Christ, O oh Lord. You may be seated.
What Jesus was saying here to his disciples, his essence is, go out there and win the lost at any cost. That mandate is still to us. But I'm not sure how seriously that we have taken this mandate. You hear about mandate, mandate, as if mandate is a new word. Mandate is nothing new. And they're forcing mandates. And as a result, they're having protests all over the world. And violence. And people are not willing to abide by these mandates. People are rebelling against these mandates. Closed down, lockdown, and all kinds of things. Seems as though that even some Christians are rebelling against World Monday. Rebellion has become one of the characteristics or traits of this generation. The early apostles and the saints took the mandate and the command of the Lord very seriously. Especially just after the day of Pentecost. As we understand it, they sold their belongings and distributed as the needs existed, and they ate their food with singleness of heart. You see what they bread. Bread means food. Doesn't necessarily mean that all that the all that they ate was bread, 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 you know. I understand that bread is now our national dish here in Sinkis and Nevis. Well, I won't know about Sinkis, but Nevis. <laughs> and that people laugh at us in Nevis that Nevis Nevisians eat a lot of bread. Man. Woo. The disciples rid themselves of a lot of excess baggage. As Jesus commanded them here. He said here, listen. Take nothing for your journey. Boy. Huh. American Airline and Delta them would be glad to hear that. Everybody travel Light, you know. I'm not sure if they would too like it, you know, because they lose a lot of money every when you travel to all these bags and they charge you so much a bag. Liat, yeah. One man put on all his clothes. Seriously? Put on all his clothes. <laughs> One lady had on so many dresses, she, caught, she had clammy sweat. Um, you know. <coughs> now they say that they're going to start charging you by weight. You weigh more than 150 pounds, you're going to have to start to pay. <laughs> because people know how to outsmart them, you know. Well, they think they're smart. People are smarter. But um, <laughs> take nothing for your journey. Travel light, no staves and no scripts, and uh, no bread. 
No money. And they didn't have any ATM machine then. <laughs> Neither have two coats apiece. One coat, just walk with one suit, boy. And the Lord will keep you clean. You know, the children of Israel traveled um, in one pair of shoes for 40 years. Boy, if I could get a pair of shoes like that. I'm wondering if I could get some clothes like them. I'm still trying to get a belt that would last me more than six months. One of them tell me, listen, if you want a belt that is going to last more than six months, you cost you hundred dollars, a hundred years. And you will laugh your lifetime. Well, I only have about two more years. So I just want a belt that will last me for about two years. <laughs> You know them genuine leather that they're selling around here? Boy, I'm so disgusted. Now they break up and all kind of thing. Now I tell my wife, I need some crazy glue to stick my bed. <laughs> I'm serious. Why are you laughing for? <laughs> And then, look, good thing they didn't have any corona back then. He said, and whatsoever house you enter in, abide there, tell and get a room for me because I'm staying here tonight. Until you're ready to depart to go again on your journey. And if they will not receive you, when you go out of the city, shake off the dust off your feet for them, uh, uh, from them as a, as a, a testimony against them that they did not receive you. In essence, what Jesus was saying here, don't burden yourself with a whole bunch of things. They did not have to worry about a lot of things that we are burdening ourselves with in these times. And a lot of the things that we burden ourselves with um, all these modern gadgets, some of them are absolutely necessary and it's difficult to get along without them. I would like to get along without them, but my children keep pushing them on me and pushing them on me and you have to do this and you have to get that. Because it's going to be difficult for you to get along without it. You go to the business places and they're telling you, you have to, you have to do this and you have to do that. Tell me you're going to have to go to the ATM machine. You have to do this, and uh, you have to get um, all kind of cards. Me got out, me just I said, give me take them card and me put them down there, and, and I never touch them again. I don't want to burden myself with all these things here. I give you my money in your hand when I go to the bank. When I come back for it, put it back in my hand. <laughs> Clear and simple. I am not dealing with any ATM machine. I'm allergic to them. I didn't give them the money. I didn't give my money to an ATM machine. I think too often we get caught up and tied up and tied down with too many things that we don't need and schemes and all kind of things. And they prevent us from doing the will of God. And I'm in sympathy, seriously, with these children and the next generation. Too many gadgets. 
And I wonder where parents get all this money from. I thank God that I'm not dealing with any children. I'm up there and you know, out, 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 out of the reach. Grandchildren, the parents deal with them. They come by me and I, hey, how are you doing? And they come get your child. I thank God in our time when we were raising children, we didn't have all this, um, you know, expenses and gadgets and things to deal with. You had simple times. We didn't even know what name Pampanting. We had cloth diapers and things. And you wash them and you know. I think that we need to lay aside every weight and the things which does so easily beset us from doing the work of God and the mandate of God. And that is exactly what Jesus was saying. And I think that we are losing the meaning of what Jesus was saying. And therefore, we are not seeing people saved and healed and uh, the work of God going as it should. And we want technology to do everything. Unfortunately, we have to rely on technology in these times because of the nature of the beast. With all this corona and thing and you can't go to visit people and so and uh, you know, you, 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 you can't even visit the hospital. You can't visit the senior citizen home. Could you imagine that? This is not good. What Jesus said to the apostles, they apply to us today. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, Paul said, But what things were gained to me, those I have counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung or garbage, that I may win Christ. So in other words, that I may win people for Christ. One of the reasons why we are not winning people for Christ is that we are too taken up with all kinds of things and we don't have time for people. Ministry is about people. Meeting people's needs. And uh, because of the nature of the things, uh, we are losing our touch. Anyone who intends to serve Christ wholeheartedly must be prepared to count certain things as lost. If we are to win the lost, we can't always be thinking about gain and making money. Winning the lost 
at any cost. Those of you who are waiting to write, here are a few things I want you to jot down. If we are truly going to win the lost for Christ, it may cost us financially. One way or the other. How could it cost you? It may cost you that you might not be able to take three, four jobs if you really want to serve Christ. And I think the day of three and four jobs might be over from here on until Jesus Christ comes. Because here some people can't get one job and it would not be fair for you to have two and three. You know, um, back in the good old days, just two years ago, before Corona, people went from one job to the next. Some people walk with their clothes to work and they change, go in the bathroom and by five minutes to four, they're already out of the air because they have to go to another job five, four o'clock. Gone to another job and perhaps they work there and then they go gone to another job and they get home 12 o'clock and uh, got to get up 6 o'clock in the morning again. Well, I hope those days are over. Brethren, as I mentioned this morning, this thing about working uh, 24-7 is a bad idea. You work yourself to death and then whose it is? The fellow that I mentioned to you this morning, he died at age 40. Told me he had. He works for himself and he works 24-7 and he died a young man. He didn't have time to get married. He was not married. Had no children. Just walk, 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 walk and more walk and he died at 40. Whose will it all be? Didn't even have a wife or children to pass it on to. What? Does it make sense to you? I hope he had time for God. But it doesn't seem so. Because he said he worked 24-7. Didn't have time to attend his father's funeral. But I'm sure for one thing, he did attend his funeral. It may cost you. In these times that you use your phone to reach out, since we can't go door to door, and it seems as though that this business of going and knocking on doors looks like a thing of the past. Don't you miss it? Not all some people are so glad. We don't have to. But brethren, you can use your phone. You can use your devices. Uh, some, you have the smartphone, you have um, Facebook, and you have um, um, whatever you have. Uh, you have them, I don't, thank God. But, um, you know... <laughs> I, I, I try not to be there. But if you have the, the, the wherewithal to use it and use it effectively. But if you're going to use it effectively, you cannot go there and uh, posing and showing inappropriate stuff and then believe that you're going to be witnessing to people. It's just not going to work that way. You got to make sure that if you have a page or a website or whatever you have, I don't know, you make sure you keep it clean. And that you live right. And that people know that you're living right because people are going to be looking at you. And so when you think about it might cost you something. It might cost you financially. 
to um, be a witness for Christ and winning somebody for Christ. You remember what David said in Samuel 24 and 24? I will not offer anything to the Lord that costs me nothing. Boy, some people will be glad to offer Christ whatever they don't want. Number two. Not only that it may cost you financially, it might cost you of your time. Time to pray. Time to prepare for worship. Choir, I admire you for the amount of time that you spend preparing for the music. And the music certainly is very uplifting. I know it is tough. Hard. But I pray that the Lord will bless you. It's a service to the Lord and to the church, to the word. And encourage people who need to hear good music. Good music come to Shiloh. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And people should be attracted, but people know how to hear good music. People want to hear all kind of all uh, ugly music. But leave them alone. One day they will be looking for it and boy, they're going to be coming here and thank God we're going to be gone. Paul spent quality time in the work of the Lord. Unless you think that we're always talking about men. Brethren, there was a lady by the name of Lois. And there was one by the name of Eunice. And there was the one, and still there one by the name of Lydia. These people spent quality time in the work of the Lord and ministered to the ministers of Christ. Contributed of their time and of their substance. And so there is a place in ministry for everyone. The question is, have you found your place in ministry? Do you have a place where you spend time in ministry? I think we are on the right track and so I would not spend a lot of time there. And I think for most parts that we are doing well in taking time to minister to the children, children's church, children's Bible club and um, uh, ladies ministry and uh, the different ministries and we want to pray that they'll be used of God and you have to be involved in winning people to Christ. It takes time. Good wood grows slowly. But I'm hoping that the time will come, if Jesus does not come pretty soon, that we will each one win one, each one bring one, and we'll see baptism be performed regularly. I'm praying and I'm working towards it that we could get this uh, baptismal pool set up properly so that we could keep the water in it. We can't keep the water in it right now because of some uh, difficulties and uh, have the water uh, treated and to drain it out every time and to fill it up again. It's costly. And so if you could have the water there and have uh, those come to treat it regularly so that um, mosquitoes and things cannot breathe in it and that we'll be having baptism here regularly. Don't you long to see that? 
uh, in Virginia, they don't run the water out of the pool. They have their pool and just about every Sunday. A person come forward, save, baptize, add it to the church. And then discipleship after. They don't waste time. And, and we need to do that. But if we are going to see that, everyone would have to be engaged. They say that we have to social distance. But in certain offices, I don't see any social distancing. And so, at least you have the opportunity to witness to them in there, right? Amen? Those of you who have co-workers, minister your co-workers. Reach out to them. And uh, I know a lot of them are going to say that they have their religion, but do they have Christ? You don't, deal, don't talk to people about their religion. Their religion, don't talk to them about their religion. Talk to them about their soul salvation. They need to be saved. They could tell you which church they belong to, but are you a born-again Christian? That's the important thing. Number three, if we're going to get serious about winning the loss for Christ, as Jesus told his disciples here, brethren, it may also cost you your life. I hope not. And um, in these parts, I am very happy and delighted that we do not have the type of situation that we have in certain countries where if you are a Christian, it could cost you your life very easily because if you're not Muslim <clears throat> or you're not uh, Buddha or something or the other, whatever they have, Hindu, you'll be up for stiff opposition. Even in Haiti, right here next door, being Christian is not easy there. That's devil's country. Satan's country, they have dedicated, given that Haiti to, over to the devil. And being a Christian there could easily cost you your life. I'm thankful to God that it is not so here in St. Kitts and Nevis, and we just have to thank God for that. And for most parts in the Caribbean, we are peaceful people, and people are free to practice their religion, whatever it, want, whatever it is. And thank God, as Christians, we don't have to do that. Number four, it may cost you your idols. It is true that we don't have idols where we put up images in our homes and things, but you know, you could easily have an idol. Could be your jewelry. You worship your jewelry. You worship your clothing. You worship your work. You may not necessarily bow down to them, but you, the time that you're supposed to give to God, you give to God to these things. It could be your tablet and your smartphone. And um, boy, sometimes I feel a little guilty. I spend so much time with my smartphone, um, you know, <laughs> looking to see what is there. Um, well, not on uh, what they call it, uh, Facebook and thing, because that's one thing I don't want to be distracted with. Seems to me that <clears throat> there's so much garbage on Facebook I, that you could take a whole day. It seems as though coming through it. All I do, I look at YouTube and um, a little bit and see, um, uh, you know, what is there, and I pick what I want to look at for at the most three minutes, you know. And you could fast forward them and you just skip all the junk that they have there and get to the business and make sure you spend quality time in the Word of God. One thing I like about the smartphone, you could read along with your Bible and you could listen to it. And then when you finish, you have your music right there. 
you need that every day. For those of you who are born, newly born again and members of the church, spend quality time reading the Word of God. And there are certain things that you can do while you're, well, certain things that you can't because it will take away your attention. But you're sitting down doing certain things with your hands. You could put on your Bible and you're listening to the reading of the Word. It helps. And you make sure that you are meditating upon it. So it will cost you probably some of the idols that you have to put away certain things. It may cost you some of your pride. You may have to swallow your pride. Number five, it may cost you your pride in that you, as I mentioned this morning, humble yourself in the sight of God and God will lift you up. Don't be afraid and ashamed to read the word of God. It will empower you. And then you have thoughts for the day that from different people that you can listen to. This thing is, it is good and it's bad. It has the good and the bad. You just, as somebody would say, when you eat fish, eat the flesh and spit out the bone. That's exactly what you have to do with that smartphone. Eat the flesh, spit out the bone. Daily I get my thoughts and you get thoughts from it. Some of them, I think that they're worthy of. I write them down that I could use in the future. Sometimes it's just a scripture reference and they tell you, they give their thought of it. And you know, it's something that you may not even have thought of. And you read that passage for years. And so it's good to listen to others. Finally, times pass. We used to spend quality time reading books. Nobody read book anymore. <laughs> oh, they did it. Hard copy, they say. You read book on your smartphone you could buy a book I have never bought one on it I mean and I don't think I'm going to buy one when I buy a book I want to be able to put it in my shelf and uh, they said that is the hard copy well thank God I have a soft copy Bible you know and uh, <clears throat> but anyway um, you spend time with the word of God please as a young person number six if we are going to win the lost for Christ at any cost, it may cost you your attitude. Maybe you have some bad attitude. Your behavior is not good. Listen, you are not going to be a soul winner for Christ if you are a rude person. You have to know how to speak to people politely. You cannot be rude and coarse like Kusara bread. You're not going to win anybody like that. You got to learn to be refined. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Your behavior, your deportment, your deportment must be right if you are going to win souls for Christ. And so you may have to swallow your pride and begin to and learn how to be refined and cultured. In your speaking and your talking. And your behavior. Number seven, finally. And this one might be expensive. Winning the cost. Winning the loss at any cost. It may cost you your family members. Jesus said that. 
in Matthew chapter 10. And you, let's turn to it. I'm finished. Matthew chapter 10, verses 33 to 39. Listen to what Jesus Christ said. What did I say? Matthew 10, 33, right? Listen what it says. But whosoever will deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set man at variance against his father and his daughter against her mother and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jacinta, be careful. Um, <clears throat> and a man's foes shall be there of his own household. He who loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh up not his cross and follow me, follow after me, is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now, don't get me wrong and don't get the scripture wrong. He's not saying that you go out and make war with your family members. But he's saying, your family members may make war with you because you're a Christian. And they may try to cause you to what we call turn back. Don't let them make you turn back. You tell them, Satan, get E behind me. A lot of family members jealous you because you're on your way to heaven and they are going elsewhere and they want to call you back. You know, and they, you know people believe in save and loss. And if they could get you to stop following Christ, the Bible says here, if they're going to try to stop you, you just have to ignore them and learn to get along without them. Because if you love them more than you love me, you are not fit for the kingdom of heaven. We live nice with our family members as much as possible. But if they're going to try to stop you from following Christ, you may have to break with them. If you're going to be able to save your own soul and make it right with God and be a servant. According to a church covenant, we are told to be zealous in our efforts for Christ. May I ask you, how zealous are you in your efforts for Christ? Do you have any zeal? Do you have any momentum? Do you long to see people come to Christ? Do you have a desire to see Shiloh grow? The only way that Shiloh is going to grow is by each one come on and each one win one each one bring one each one win one be an influence for Christ these are difficult times people are hurting and I believe if we reach out to them sincerely we will be able to win them we do whatever we can to help those who are in need. Here's a family that was mentioned tonight. And my heart goes out to those children. 
I hope that they have a church with a heart and that the church members are going to take on the responsibility. I hope they go to some church. And I hope that they'll be able to get the help that they need. If they can't find it there, Sister Pemberton, bring them here at Shiloh. We are accustomed to doing that. Reach out to people who are in need. But you know what? After reach out to people and who are in need and get them on their feet, you find all kind of wolves and you're coming around to get them out of here and to get them to go elsewhere. But never mind. We think all rewards are in heaven. You know what has happened here at Shiloh. A lot of people feed off Shiloh. Come here and take off those who were, uh, uh, well, boozing around and they were not really grounded in the church. And as a result, they picked them off. But who are here are those who are able to stand on their feet and be strong, bold, and courageous. Don't let anybody cause you to lose your way. You heard what Jesus Christ said here to his disciples in this passage. Whatever Jesus Christ said to them, he's saying, he's saying to us, win the lost at any cost.